Welcome back to the couch, everybody. I am joined today by Butsy and Zwick for some NFL recaps from a wild Sunday. But before we get into the recaps and our power rankings, um, we have to wish a rest in peace to Zwick's Bengals. Joe Burrow suffered a season-ending injury, Zwick. The floor is yours. How are you feeling right now? Yeah, I'm pretty down. Um, I don't think it's ever been worse than it has been right now. Um, you know, I it, it was hard for me to watch seven hours of commercial free football yesterday. But for the for the listeners and for you guys, I powered through. I watched all of it, but it was tough. Um, I felt no motivation. Um, I don't even know what what the direction is now. I don't even I don't even know if I want to try to win anymore. Um, the vibes are all time low. That's for sure. It sucks. And just praying Joe gets healthy. Yeah. Um, 2024 season thinking soupy, but right now I'm thinking Brock Bowers, unfortunately, which is a very dark, dark place to be in, but yeah, it sucks. Brock Bowers. It could be, I don't know. It could be a blessing for that team. So who knows? Maybe this is, maybe this is, um, something that could actually end up helping in the long run. But see, are, are we officially a tanking pod? Is this is this happening? We're all trying to tank? Yeah, I mean, you know, Zwick, apologies. First and foremost, uh, I apologize for the injury. Yeah. Um, I'm a Joe Burrow fan. Uh, and it's not just because I had a financial interest in the Bengals and, in the un- and on the under. Um, and if Joe Burrow did not get hurt, I believe that both would have cashed. It's, it's, that's not why I'm upset. Um, mm. I'm upset because Joe Burrow is a phenomenal quarterback. Uh, he's very fun to watch the football. Uh, and it's also not because I have Jamar Chase into my fantasy leagues and he is going to take a massive hit because of this. That's, but that, you know, putting those reasons aside. Yeah. As long as it's not, as long as that's not why, then yeah, that's good. That is not why I'm upset. Yeah. Like that is the, it, those are the last reasons why I would ever be upset about this. Mm-hmm. Um, it hurts the product of the NFL. That's, that's the main reason why I'm upset. Right. Um, but no, I, it, it's unfortunate. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the Bengals uh, social media team, they posted a video of Joe Burrow getting off of the bus the day before, and he had a brace on his hand. And mysteriously, that video got taken down um, like very shortly after, but some people were able to get a picture of it. And now, uh, obviously, Joe Burrow did suffer the wrist injury. Um, I think it was Kyle Long, I think. He went back to the Texans game the week before, and found the exact play where Joe Burrow kind of got landed on, where his hand got landed on or his wrist got landed on. And yeah. they believe that he believes that that is the exact play where he got hurt. And then the brace and then not listing him on the injury report. Uh, I think Dave Portnoy is trying to sue. Uh, I don't know who, maybe the NFL uh, <laughs> for the 250 grand that he put on the Bengals on Thursday night football because of the, the that because Joe Burrow wasn't on the injury report where he was clearly injured. Um, but yeah, I mean, it sucks. It sucks. It really, it really sucks. Yeah, Zwick. What, what's the take on that? Is that that's some shady stuff by the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, I saw that, and Joe Burrow did say in some press conference that those two were unrelated. Like the whole brace shot, like where you see, like the the hand brace. Mm, he's convenient. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if he's telling the truth or not, but just, just very sad. <laughs> yeah. Overall, rest in peace to the Bengals season. Yeah, uh, prayers up to Joe Burrow. We hope to see him back and healthy next year. Uh, but for now, it, it looks like we got some Pats fans and some Bengals fans who are uh, 
pretty much just NFL fans for the rest of the season <laughs> because we don't have much to root for with our own yeah, team. That's fair. We can we can enjoy seven hours of commercial free football with zero stress. Except yeah. all of the money that we have down on all the bets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So nice. Look at us. Good win by the Giants, Butsy. That that was big Great for the Pats. No, uh, that was a huge win for the Pats. Um I was cheering for him. I had a financial interest in investment nice. on the Giants as well, plus nine and a half. They won outright. Um, Tommy DeVito now has more uh, – what is it? He has more uh, – he has more games with two or more passing touchdowns than Kenny Pickett does. Uh, That's embarrassing. Which is really sad. Really, really sad. Basically, there are so many stats out there that Tommy DeVito is just playing better than Kenny Pickett in like two games or three games. It's and, and one ridiculous. game where he didn't even throw a pass. He, he threw seven screen passes. <laughs> correct. Correct. I mean, the, these stats are just mind boggling. Um, but yeah, great win for the Giants. Great win for the Patriots. Um, yeah. We're, huge. you know, we now, I mean, the Patriots I saw next week or this upcoming Sunday, they are five and a half point favorites in New York. I would hammer the Giants, hammer, hammer, hammer the Giants. Um, because I think the Patriots left that. Five and a half is a lot. I'm surprised. I thought that would be like two and a half, maybe, maybe two. But yeah, that's a big, big game. Would love if the Patriots lost that. That would give them a real shot at the number one pick. But let's stop talking about the bad teams. Zwick, give us your power rankings and uh, let's talk about the good teams. All right. So at 10, the Bills, Bills are back in the top 10. So they took a week off. Texans at nine. CJ Stroud cooled off. Still that guy. Jaguars, eight. The Titans are terrible. Seven, Dolphins. Unimpressive win against the Raiders. Six, Lions. Sort of also unimpressive win. Five, Cowboys. They look really good. Four, Ravens. Worried about the injuries. Three, Niners. Might be back. Two, Chiefs. They have Mahomes. And one, Eagles. Because they're the best team. Yeah, I like it. Uh, The fact that the Bills are in the top ten is just just speaks to how bad the NFL is right now. There are just not a whole lot of convincingly good teams uh, because I think the Bills are just a dumpster fire. They barely escaped. Uh, well, they didn't barely escape yesterday, but they didn't look impressive, even though the scoreboard was a, a big win over the Jets. But let's see. What do we got here? Um, I don't know. I don't know if I have any issues with this for the first time. Love, maybe this whole year. I don't love year. the Jags. I'm not though. I, I, I mean, the Jags at eight. I, I would put the Texans over the Jags right now. I, I that that was the two I I could flip flop. I was thinking about it and like, I just did. CJ Stroud. We saw him finally have a bad half of football, and they were still able to come away with the win. You know. Yeah. And the Dolphins, I I think they're better than both the Texans and the Jaguars at the moment. Um, I think they're better than the Lions too. I'm gonna say it. I think the Lions. I think they're better than the Lions. I think the Lions are very, very similar to the Minnesota Vikings of last year. Oh, Buncey, these are your I, guys. I, don't, what I I have them to win a playoff game, and I still think they can do it. But you want to talk about just, like, escaping with wins somehow? Like, they, they just find ways to win games. Uh, a lot of one-score games um, that they've come away with this year. Uh, Jared Goff had a really, really shitty – kind of first three quarters of this game uh, and then really stepped it up in the fourth and played well. But I don't know. I, I, I think the Lions could get matched up with, like, a Cowboys, possibly. Actually, no, because the Cowboys would probably play the winner of the NFC South, who yeah. 
who the fuck knows who that's going to be. That's going to that's be a shit show. Um, I think the Lions still have a decent chance at winning a playoff game. I think they're better than the Vikings of last year, but I think they're very similar in the fact where they're really vulnerable. I think their defense is really, really bad. I think it's a huge issue. Um, I know Justin Fields is his first week back. It looks good, but um, their defense didn't do a great job. I know Jared Goff also gave them, gave, you know, Chicago a lot of possessions, but I don't know. I'm a little worried about the Lions at the moment. Yeah, a little worried. I kind of... I kind of see what you mean because they have escaped these last few weeks. Um, but I think when you have an O-line that dominant in a run game that you can really rely on, I think you're going to be able to score points and move the ball, um, even on the good teams. And I think the Lions can score with anybody. So I agree with you about the defense, but I, I would not say that they're like the Vikings of last year who had, what, nine one-score wins? Something crazy like that? Yeah, a yeah. lot of them. Zwick, are you you're still uh, you still like the Lions at six? I'm definitely like a little panicked on them. I could see Dolphins over them for sure, and maybe even like the Jaguars. But I like yeah, they were they were bad yesterday. But I also think the Bear like the Bears in the second half were just awful. Like the, like their offensive coordinator Luke Getze like needs to be fired. Um, just the play calling was just so conservative. And they were playing not to lose instead of to win and just let the Lions, you know, come back into the game in the fourth quarter and just take it from them. I mean, literally steal it from them. So I don't know if they can beat like anyone in the top five, especially since, you know, four out of the five teams in the top five are or three out of the five are all in the NFC. So Cowboys, Niners, Eagles, I don't think they can really hang with those three, but I mean, they're they're eating too, so we got to yeah. give them some credit. But I I still don't see a super impressive win on the resume. I'm not moved by them beating the Chiefs by one point in Week One. I've said that before, and I think if they rematched, um, it wouldn't be pretty for the Lions. So I'm not really moved by them yet. But I have to give them the respect. They've won eight games, and their run game is you know unstoppable right now. Yeah, I like where you have them, not only because I like the Lions, but also because none of these other teams are convincing me. Like, the the Dolphins are the team that we're arguing over them who just kind of had a back-and-forth game with the Raiders, who we all say are a horrible team. Um, I know they're 5-6, and six, but we all think they're way worse than 5-6. and six. Like, the Dolphins, this should have been a shellacking, um, like Butsy had predicted, but it was not. So I would not um, move, the, move anyone over the Lions. I like the Lions. The team that I'm maybe – on fraud watch still like i think we talked about it last monday is the jags but uh, at eight like, i don't have horrible. any i don't have any problem with it at eight i just I, don't I, so zwick there's a team that i think you left off of here mm. the cleveland browns they don't have a quarterback yeah they don't like uh, dorian thompson robinson is not impressive like whatsoever no dtr is bad know dtr is very bad <laughs> bad and like it's like who who are you putting the Browns on over, over on this? The Bills. Really? Yeah. I'm not. Hey, the Browns I'm... are better than the Bills. Hey, <laughs> I think the Browns are better than the Bills. I I do. That's that's yeah. my personal take. I think the Browns' defense would fucking be an absolute nightmare for Josh Allen. I think I think the Steelers' offense is just horrible. Well, Kenny Pickett sucks. We know this. Yeah. This we know. I mean, he's bad. Like I've, he might be like a bottom five starter right now. He definitely is. 
Oh, he's 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 terrible. No, it's bad. Um, I still I could not put the Browns over the Bills though because I can't either. When when you literally don't have a quarterback, like your starter wasn't that good, and then he got hurt, and both of your backups are far worse than he, he was. You, I get they have a really good defense, but they also lost their probably best player in Nick Chubb. I just don't think you can put him over the Bills, who at least have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs to hang their hats on. Yeah, I yeah, I, 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 I get it. I get your point. Um, and Browns are a weird team because they beat some really good teams. They've also lost to some really, really shitty teams. Um, like they lost the Seahawks, who I don't think are very good. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's just. It's interesting because they are seven and three, you know. They are. Like, yeah. They are. They are the record. I don't. The record is record, and I. I don't know. Like, do you guys think that this Browns team is is indicative, or the seven and three record is indicative of how this Browns team is, or is it kind of just they played some really because they have played some really bad teams too. Like they beat, you know, they beat the Cardinals, they beat the Colts by one barely, um, which and that's a game they should never have won. Um, and then they also beat like the Titans who are fucking terrible. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm in between on the Browns. I'm kind of in the middle. I think if they had Deshaun Watson playing, who was not playing well, but seemed like he was playing at least a little bit better before his injury, I think you could make that argument pretty easily. But with just an absolute question mark under center, I couldn't do it. I just can't do it. And like, I'm not, they're, they're going to have a road playoff game, and I'm not trusting DTR to win a road playoff game. Yeah. Um NFC South. Saints are winning at 5 and 5. Oh, it hurts. <laughs> Bucks and I have money on the Falcons to win this division. They're 4 and 6. The Buccaneers are 4 and 6. Panthers are out of it at 1 and 9. What a disaster. This division is a dumpster fire. Zwick, are the Saints going to take this home with how bad they are? <laughs> Are they going to win a division and have a home playoff game? I think the Falcons are better, but they just, like, they can't seem to put it together. Like, I think their roster is constructed so much better. They have better weapons on, honestly, I'd say both sides of the ball. But, I don't know, Arthur Smith seems to, like, be holding this team back, sort of. He, you know, doesn't really love to give the ball to his best players. Very strange. Um, But I just... Like Desmond Ritter is not good at football. Taylor Heineke isn't very impressive either. And I, I think Desmond Ritter is back to starting this week. And I just I don't trust him at all. But I also see. go ahead, Dwight. Sorry. Just also don't trust Derek Carr to like, you know, move move the needle whatsoever. And I this will this will probably come down to like week 17 or 18, who wins this division. But whoever whoever wins is gonna have a home playoff game and probably gonna host Dallas. Is is my most likely guess, and they'll probably get they'll probably get shellacked. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. But I'm yeah, not impressed. It's disgusting. And Derek Carr, for how bad he is, he's at least like he's going to give you like I don't know 180 and a touchdown. Desmond yeah. Ritter might give you 90 and three picks. So I I don't yeah. know. Um, but should we cash? Picks. Should we cash this bet out? I think. We we could still get some good value. I don't I don't have it up on my phone right now, but we can at least save some money maybe if we cash out right now, or do we ride this out? I I don't know. I just think you ride it out at this point. Um, like one game back. My, yeah, one game back. It's not the end of the world. My biggest fear and concern right now is this defense. Um, this defense is atrocious. They're twenty fifth in touchdowns per game at one point eight. 
24th in points per game at 19. Um, they're giving up the number, they're ranked 27th in points per play. Like this defense has been horrendous. Uh, and most recently in the past, like six weeks, they've been really, really bad. Uh, they gave up, I think on average, like 23 points a game over the last five weeks, 24 points a game over the last five weeks. So this defense is, is really atrocious right now. Um, and I, I, I hate Desmond Ritter, but like we could go back and forth all day and talk about how bad the saints and the Bucks and the Falcons are. But at the end of the day, someone's got to win the division. So it's like Zwick, you're like, I don't trust Derek Carr to move the needle. Yeah, do you trust uh, Desmond Ritter or do you trust Baker Mayfield <laughs> to move the needle either? Like there's – you don't have many options to move the needle in the division. It's not um, even Derek Carr though because New Orleans does have a good defense. That That is a legitimately solid yes. at the least defense, but their offense is atrocious. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just gross. Who They're going to get – Whoever it is is going to get smacked, absolutely beaten down. They're going to get killed. I want to. I want to talk about the Dolphins for a sec. Let's do it. So, the Dolphins play the Raiders. Uh, on the score on the on the on the scoreboard, it wasn't a very impressive win. But the like the Dolphins still had over four hundred yards of offense yesterday. Like they played, they four hundred twenty two yards of total offense, three hundred twenty three passing yards, ninety nine rushing yards, twenty one first downs. They pretty much were better in every statistic against the Raiders. If the Dolphins had, I think, fourth and two on the six-yard line, I think it was, and they couldn't pick it up, like if they score there or even take the three, like a 10-point win or a 14-point win, is it, we're, not, we're not saying anything. So like if they get that fourth down and score on that drive or take any kind of points, I feel like we're, we're not having the same conversation. Um, you know, they did, they did have a lot of turnovers, which was a little concerning to a fumble, a tight end fumble, and then a, to a bad, bad interception where he just overthrew Waddle completely. Um, but I mean, I, like they played fine offensively. I think they just knew they were going to win this game. So they took it a little, they took their foot off the gas a little bit. I think did Mostert fumble too? I, somebody fumbled, I thought in the red zone, maybe not, um, but yeah, turnover problems definitely, and that fourth and one was um, just you know leaving points on the board. I'm not concerned about the Dolphins, but I don't know. I I still don't want to put them over the Lions or the Cowboys or the Ravens because um, I don't think they're as physical. I don't think they have as good of a defense. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think the I think Miami's defense is, isn't great. I think Jalen Ramsey is sick though. He had two picks That's yesterday. True including Good the point. one to steal the game. And both of those were unbelievable plays that he had to make. Um, he made a great diving play across the middle. And then obviously his pick to seal the game where he just went up and just said, I'm my guy's better than your guy. I'm better than you um, with the receiver. I think it was Jacoby Myers. I think it was. And he just went up there and, and snagged it. Um, so he's playing great football right now, but yeah, I, I, I don't trust the front seven of the dolphins. Um, I think they can give up a lot of rushing yards um, but the secondary with Ramsey, with Xavier Howard, I think is good. Is is good, but when it comes down to the playoffs and and getting to the big games, you have to be able to stop the run, and you have to be able to run the ball efficiently, which they've been able to do. They've been able to run the ball, but I don't think they're going to be able to stop the run against some of these teams. But um, like I don't know who in the AFC they'd play who has a legit running game. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to think about what the, AFC yeah. team. The Chiefs, Ravens. you want to call it the Chiefs, Baltimore. the Ravens, have it, the Ravens. Yep, great run game. The Chiefs, kind of, sort of, at times. Um, Not really. 
Pacheco can look unbelievable, but he also can have 15 rushing yards in a game and like on, on eight carries. So um, yeah, it, it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see because I think whoever they play is going to be a shootout when it comes to playoff time. Yeah. Um, Zwick, we have a teaser to be closed out tonight. Oh yeah, we do. We sure do. We hit on what did we hit on? Butsy's leg was the fins minus four. The, the dolphins minus four, which hit. I had the cowboys minus a half, which hit. Tonight we have the Eagles plus twelve and a half to close it out for the people. Are you feeling confident still? I'm feeling super confident. I think the Eagles are gonna win outright tonight. I do too. I really do. Um, I probably will place a wager on that happening. And I just think they're a better football team. Um, I think they're well more well rounded. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout, though. I hope it's a shootout. It'd be super fun. Um, I mean, obviously, Super Bowl rematch, and we all remember what happened in the Super Bowl. But the Chiefs defense is a lot better than it was, and I think Arrowhead is going to be rocking tonight. And I just – I'm excited. It's going to be a great game. What, what makes you think the Eagles win outright tonight in Arrowhead? Um, I think Mahomes is going to run for his life. Um, the Eagles D line. I know that the Chiefs O line is, I think, has given up the least amount of sacks this year, like twelve, which is kind of absurd. But I know they have a weak weak piece on their their right tackle, Juwan Taylor, is just horrible. Their left tackle, Donovan Smith, is terrible. The interior, of their offensive line is really really good, but I think that the Eagles are gonna, you know, put their best players on the Chiefs' worst players, and it's it's not gonna be pretty, but. Obviously, Mahomes is going to find a way. He always does, unfortunately. So, but I don't like. I don't see either side winning by more than twelve points. So, let's just. It, there's no way it misses, right? I mean, <laughs> there's no way. There, there I, can't be a way. I also have another teaser with them plus eight and a half, and I opened it with the Steelers plus seven. So if the if the Eagles lose by eight or less or win it's gonna be a great night it's gonna be a phenomenal night so let's just um i'm praying for an eight point loss i like where we're at um in the teaser i also like where we're at because this might be the game of the year these are the two best teams atop zwick's power rankings um and probably atop everybody's power rankings so we're gonna learn a lot tonight i think um is there any other games from sunday that you guys want to talk about there weren't many amazing matchups i will say no, but there were a lot of exciting endings. Like yes. the the Packers and Chargers. Jordan, your Chargers. Uh, we don't man. need to talk about that. No, let's, let's go into it. Let's go into it. So it's you kind of you you were you were high on variable on on both teams, um, coming into the season. I think you said, "quote I'm going to bet my reputation on the fact that the Packers are going to be good." Yeah. Close quote. It close, did. close quote. <laughs> it um, did they're say not. That, didn't they're I? not playing terrible. Uh, I I think they're better than four and six right now, um, but. They, there's no way they should have won that football game. Like, <laughs> Herbert Herbert played so well. Herbert's unbelievable. Like, he had time to throw the ball. Keenan Allen dropped a touchdown. He might have dropped another touchdown on a third and five where he caught it at the marker. Eckler fumbled. I was thinking – I said Mostert fumbled earlier. Eckler, Eckler fumbled. fumbled. Eckler fumbled. And then uh, Quinton Johnson dropped what was an absolute bucket to put oh. them in field goal range to tie the game. So – I think he would have scored if he – yeah, right. I agreed. Uh, can we get, can we just get Justin Herbert out of LA? Like, and Staley just goes, "I'm going to be calling the defenses now." That does not make me feel any more confident. By well, the he, way, 
he's been calling the defenses, and every week the press conferences ask him, be like, have you thought about switching up, you know, who calls the defense? And every week he's like, fuck you, no, like I call the defense, but I don't I don't know. I mean, clearly I, I'm not a just the eye test. I'm not a big numbers guy, but just the eye test makes makes me feel like the defense isn't playing super well. Maybe I don't know. No. But <laughs> No. We had so many miscommunications in the secondary yesterday. It was like so hard to watch. Jordan Love found Romeo Dobbs for the go-ahead score. And like Michael Davis, their defensive back was just playing a complete different coverage than the rest of the team. And people, people just get wide open against the Chargers every wide week. Open. Like <laughs> no one near them touchdowns every oh. single week. And it's so hard to watch. Um the stats I don't know if are we really bad Justin, too. If we should get Justin Herbert out of Los Angeles, or if we should get Bill Belichick into Los Angeles, that'd be cool. That it, I, I guess so. I don't know. Um, but one thing's for sure: is Staley needs to get out of there. He needs to. I don't know. Maybe go coach high school or like a D two college or something. Just get see some see some shots go through the net. Maybe Butsy. I don't know because he's not fact, he's not seeing a lot of right. Yeah, the fact he has a job is fucking unbelievable. The Chargers are ranked 31st uh, in total defensive ranking. Uh, they have the worst pass defense in the NFL. Um, they actually have the 11th ranked rush defense, which is not bad. But, I mean, if you rank dead last... That's because you can just throw it whenever you want. Yeah, no one even right. wants, needs to run. to run. You don't need to run the ball when you're playing the Chargers. <laughs> All you got to do is just throw it, and you're probably going to probably put up a lot of points. Um, I mean, the, they're terrible. Like, their defense is so goddamn bad. Uh, it seems like guys are getting open across the middle all the time. And we talked about this last week. They have like the second highest paid defense and it's all in the secondary and it's terrible. And I think Joey Bosa got hurt in this game as well. Uh, rolled his ankle or something. It wasn't, wasn't pretty with the play uh, came up hobbling. So, I mean, nothing is going right for this team. The, the, the morale has to be through the floor. Daily sucks. The fact he has been employed for the last two years is beyond me because we've been begging for him to leave because we just want to see what Justin Herbert can do with an actual head coach that can yeah. give him a solid defense. So I don't know, man, it's just, it's all bad. None of it's and everybody, It's all bad. Everybody uh, last year blamed Joe Lombardi, who was the OC who they fired. And I was kind of like with that, I didn't like what Lombardi's play calling was. Um, and I love the Kellen Moore move, obviously, but we also all wanted Staley fired, and that just hasn't happened. It, it has to happen after this year. And by the way, this didn't make me feel any better about the Packers. I still don't. I, I've, like, gone so far <laughs> away from my preseason take on the Packers because I said they were going to be good. Uh, a couple weeks in, I stuck with it. And then, I don't know, I think last week I, I rescinded it, and I'm sticking with it even after a win over the Chargers. Like, that was that, – the Chargers gave them gave the game away. The Packers did not win that game. Um, they're going to go and lose to the Lions and the Chiefs over the next two weeks. So the Packers, still not a good football team. I think I was wrong about them. Um, yeah, we're going to see, you know, if if Jordan Love is anything over these next couple weeks. But uh, where else can we go to? Browns, Steelers? Did we learn anything from that game? That the Steelers suck? Well, that there were just no quarterbacks playing in the football game that day. Um, the only – Explosive play for the Steelers was a Jalen Warren 71 yard touchdown. Um, besides that, it was just you, you couldn't watch the game. You, you, it was unwatchable. And I was, you know, I had red zone on and I sat down for seven hours of commercial free football, watched every minute of it. But then I tried to go to like the local station, like early on, like 1 30. 
just to be like, hey, what are what games are on my local station? Uh, it was Browns Steelers. And I was like, okay, I'll tune in for a drive. I was watching for two minutes because they went three and out. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it was it was gross. It was terrible. Uh, both quarterbacks suck. DTR was crying, the fact that he got a win. Um, good for him for being able to put together a, a semi-decent last-minute drive to go down the field and score. But uh, Kenny Pickett is terrible. The Steelers should be looking to draft a new QB in this upcoming draft. Yes, I I agree. Um before we wrap up, let's do a little betting recap from our Thursday episode. I went two and one on straight bets, hit Cardinals plus five and a half, hit Niners minus 12, missed Chargers minus three. I'm done betting on the Chargers, although I'll probably do it again in like two weeks after I forget. Um, I missed my upset alert, Vikings plus two. That was or Vikings to win outright. Um, that was kind of a heartbreaker, but it was close. Uh, and then the teaser, I hit my leg of the teaser. How did you boys do? Uh, Zwick, we can start with you. I was I was pretty solid. Um, Lions minus seven was heartbreaking. Should have never been that close. Oh, Bills. Dude. The way that ended too, where they got like, oh my gosh, he kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone. Oh, that was yeah, so that sucked. Tough. That Bills, was so tough. Bills minus seven hit. Um, and I think those were my only two bets. Yeah, those yeah. rounds. So I went with the one. Okay. I gave out the fins. fins what was the upset alert, Zwick? No one hit. No one hit upset alert. I thought I gave out the Packers. I, yeah, you probably did. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think I did. I think I gave out the Packers. So my right. upset alert hit, which was great. I don't know. I suck it. I suck at gambling. So gambling's hard. <laughs> uh, I, I did miss on the Dolphins. I gave out the Dolphins. Um, by Sunday, though. I was all over – oh, I'm really pissed about the Rams, by the way. I'll get into that in a sec. Uh, the Giants, I hit on the Giants. I hit on – I missed on the Steelers plus one and a half. I hit on the Cowboys, hit on the Cardinals, um, hit on the Jags, and then I missed on the Dolphins again. Uh, I had the under in the Bucks 49ers, which was cash. I had the under in the Packers Chargers, which cashed. And then the Rams, man, the Rams, they opened at plus one and then ended by Sunday at kickoff. They were minus two, and they won by one. That was fucking heartbreaking. Heart- absolutely <laughs> that, heartbreaking. That is – that's brutal. Heartbreaking. This line movement fucked me. And I was on the Jets, who got absolutely killed, and then I finished the day on Broncos' money line. And actually, you know what? The Broncos were down eight, uh, and they were plus like 250 live. And I was like, hey, I'll throw some change on them because I already had them. And I, and I and I was, felt good with the way they were going, and they got a lot of stops and kicked a lot of field goals. And then Russell Wilson just threw an absolute prayer up to Cortland Sutton, who made a tremendous play um, <clears throat> to bring down the touchdown. So yeah. that catch too. So it was actually a pretty 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 solid Sunday. But the Eagles will determine my week. Okay. Right. Well, what do you need for the teasers? The teasers. It's just the two teasers. Okay. Just, Eight, just literally lose by a touchdown, and I'll be so happy. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we head off? Kyler, Kyler had a really cool uh, first play, first yeah. drive to Rondell Moore, and then besides that, you know, he his little legs are so fun to watch run. <laughs> but he so skirt like four, it was fourth and goal. He just like scurried around everybody and got to the pylon. That was cool. That was cool, and. Somehow the Cardinals defense made CJ Stroud look bad for the first time all year. Weird. 
Yeah. What? Uh, is CJ Stroud not the MVP front runner? <laughs> no, no I not anymore. I don't Jalen know. Jalen Hurts is the favorite at the moment. He's Jalen to that, uh, that change. Mahomes. Oh, wow. Yeah, he never I think that's how it goes. But I guess that's what happens when you beat Joe Burrow. He's the MVP front runner. Yeah. So. Dude, All he right. was ha- he he has been having an insane season. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll uh we'll wrap it up here. Um Max and I are going to do some NBA later. I think Buncy and Max are going to do Celtics talk later as well. Um so we got more for this episode. Thank you all for listening and peace. All right, what's up everybody? I'm here with Zwick to recap week 12 of college football. Wow. That's um that's kind of scary to think, Swick. We're already in week 12 of the college football season. It's almost over, almost come to a close. And I think the big takeaway from this weekend, Jane Daniels is your Heisman winner. I think so, too. I mean, I I see the argument for Bo Nix, but Jane Daniels had eight touchdowns and over eight. 500 yards. Against Georgia State. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> against yeah. Georgia, though. State. It is fact or fiction against Georgia. That's a State fact, fact, fact. All right. fact. So, so Jaden Daniels, um, yeah, I think he's the Heisman, clear cut. I I see the argument for Bo Nix, but I I just think he's so much better. I think he's so much more electric, and I think he should be the Heisman for sure. I think the only argument is that Bo Nix's team is better. Yeah, no, a thousand percent. Like that's the only argument, and it's not like um, it's not like LSU is an unranked team, you know. Like, if, if they were unranked outside the top 25, you know, they might play in a shitty bowl and the, their quarterback was doing this, I get it. That's fine. That's fair. But when they're still a top 15 team in the country, or I think they're top 15 right now, right? It should yeah, be. Yeah, top 15 team in the country, and they're doing and, – and their quarterback is putting up eight touchdowns. I mean, the guy is literally unstoppable. Through yeah. the air, on the ground, he has been unbelievable all season. Um, and even the games that LSU's lost – Besides Florida State, which, you know, you kind of want to throw out the window because it was game one. Um, I think it was Max who said that he was, you know, not very confident in LSU going forward, and I thought LSU was going to be fine. Turns out they were going to be totally fine. Um, yeah. Jay Daniels, besides that one game, has been playing phenomenally all season. Uh, his team is number 15 in the country. Like, I think, I think it's the stats are just so – the stats are so blatantly pointing towards him being the Heisman. And people trying to hold on to Bo Nix being the Heisman just because his team is better, I think is a little ridiculous. I agree. I it's like I'm Lamar. With you on yeah, no, it, it's just like Lamar. And I there was a lot of hype for Penix, but he's cooled off a little bit too. And he wasn't very impressive versus Oregon State. But I mean, I, I just don't see that good. There's no moving argument for anyone other than Jaden Daniels. Yeah, let's talk about that game. Let's talk about a little Oregon State, Washington. Uh, Washington came out hot. Um, Penix and Adunze, I think that's how you say his last name. Yeah, that connection between those two is fucking ridiculous. They are they are on the same page all time. Adunze, uh, it just seems to be better than every corner he goes up against, and he always just seems to be able to make a play on the ball and 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 win those battles, those one on one matchups every time. Uh, but they slowed down in the second half big time, and Oregon State was able to take advantage finally. Yeah, I mean, Washington scored zero points in the second half and won. Zilch. So, 
DJ Ugalele, less than 50% of his passes completed, 164 and two touch, two interceptions, sorry. And it just, you know, we asked ourselves the week before, said which one of which version of him is going to show up, and we got the bad version. So yep. Washington still won only by two points, obviously. And I just Washington's been like a little, like little, you know, they've been they've been kind of playing with their food a little bit. Yeah, and a little, I think a little too much. I think they're a better team than the scoreboard from this game says, because I think Penix can and will play better. But I'm a little worried. I mean, score zero points in the second half versus, um, you know, a, a big game and a big game, and you still come away with the win is is pretty. It's a little concerning. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna give a little credit to the quarterbacks because, or a little, you know, give them a little help because it was raining all game. Uh, mm-hmm. It was slippery. Do you remember the sequence when I think it was the uh, Oregon State running back? broke off an absolute huge, huge run and then got stripped from – or was it Washington? Ooh, I think it was Oregon State. Yeah. The running was. back got stripped on, yeah. like, the five – yeah, yeah, yeah. He breaks off a huge run and gets stripped on the five-yard line. And then, like, two plays later, the Oregon State guy punches it out uh, and they recover. Um, that was a crazy sequence because the ball was – ball ball was slippery. It was, it was a great ever- game. It, it was, was everywhere. Ever- it was very um, well. Which made for a very fun game, I will mm. say. Um, because there were a lot of turnovers, a lot of moving pieces, a lot going on. Let's talk about the uh, cornerback from Washington. He had two picks and like four pass breakups. Yeah, on Saturday. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now. I don't. I don't know why. Um, it's a very not very difficult name to remember. Um, Washington University quarterback. I, I don't know why I'm blanking on his name because it was all over the TV on Saturday, and I did watch the full game too. But he was unbelievable. Uh, he seemed to just be able to read you. You you I'm terrible. I'm terrible with these Hawaiian names. Ugalele. Ugalele. These Hawaiian names are killing me this season. Um, but he was able. Oh, Jabbar Muhammad. There we go. Uh, he was able to make a shit ton of plays on the ball, um, and he was really impressive on Saturday as well. And you know, we we just kind of briefly went over, but we asked which version of Ugalele was going to show up, and it was the bad one. Uh, they he left a good one at home, and in a game where he didn't have to do that much to win either. Yeah, you no. know, like scoring twenty two, twenty three points to win the game, and with your defense holding Washington to zero in the second half, is is pretty impressive. Yeah, it was or pretty unimpressive, I guess, for DJ. Yeah, I mean. I mean, that's kind of been the story of them or him, his play all year. I mean, it's just up and down inconsistently left and right. So I'm not surprised by this. Um, obviously, you can you can blame the weather, whatever, but it's it's been a theme for him all year. So, yeah. And, and it's and it stinks, too, because he ha- like he has those games where he puts up four or five touchdowns and you're like, holy shit, he's the man. And then. All of a sudden, it's just he just regresses back to the mean in a big way. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. I thought I thought that game was fun to watch, um, even though it wasn't the most high scoring. There was a lot of action. Uh, let's go to now Kansas State, Kansas. This was a good one. This was a great one. Kansas State ends up getting the win in this one, thirty-one to twenty-seven at Kansas, as an eight-point underdog. They win outright. Um, what did you see out of Kansas State's win? 
I mean, they looked really good. They were able to run the ball. Yeah. They were running back had 102, 21 for 102 and a touchdown. And they just they feel like they'd really dominated like the line of scrimmage all game. They were just able to really, really run the ball. And the Jayhawks couldn't stop them. And they were rather unimpressive on offense. Ballard had two interceptions. And but they were able to run the ball as well. So it was really like I, I thought the Jayhawks were gonna win this one. I had picked them when we had talked about this before, but they just they just didn't look I don't know, they were just flat at times. I feel like they they didn't have the same physicality that the Wildcats that Kansas State had, and they ended up losing. So yeah, I and I think you picked Washington in the first game too, and I picked Oregon State, I think, in the first game. I picked Kansas State in this one. When I when I look at the box score and watching the game, like it, what sticks out is the three turnovers from Kansas. Yeah. Like it's very difficult to have three turnovers and win a game when you can't stop the other team on the ground. Um, but neither team was able to stop each other on on Saturday on the ground. Um, but Kansas State gets a very impressive win. Rico Bosco, shout out Rico Bosco, he wins his mortal lock of the year, game of the year. This was this was his put your nuts on the table. Bet everything you have responsibly on this game, and he was able. To, uh, he came out victorious. So good for Rico. Rico needs a win. Yeah, definitely, definitely needs one. Um, all right, let's go to now a game that was a lot more interesting than I think we would have thought, and honestly, was very close to having a much different outcome. Uh, Missouri versus Florida. Uh, Missouri was eleven and a half coming to this game, so like I think you and I were both on them. But man, UF was. Really, really tough. They didn't go away. Graham Mertz showed up, kind of. I mean, he was he wasn't bad. He had two touchdowns, one interception, 183 yards, and he kept a minute. I mean, for a game that they, you know, per Vegas, they shouldn't have been in. So they they played well. They overachieved. Obviously, it's kind of a lost season for the Gators, but. Missouri just keeps on finding ways to win yeah, and they do. keep on doing they really it. I, do. I don't know how they do it. I don't they get it. Us all, but they keep on finding ways to win, so you have to give them credit. I think Missouri completed like a fourth and 14 on the final. I watched the. I was able to watch the final drive. I think it was after the um, Washington-Oregon State game, and they converted like a fourth and 14, and were able to go down and kick the field goal to win. But um, – UF Florida could have won this game with still having two turnovers and Missouri would have lost with zero turnovers. Um, I mean, they both had over 500 yards of offense. This was just a classic SEC shootout. I mean, this like, if this is a game between two ranked teams, this is probably an instant classic. Um, but just because Florida's having a down year and Missouri, they don't have a huge following in that they're sneaky, the ninth ranked team in the country right now. Um, it wasn't talked about that much, but Florida dominated time of possession. They had uh, six more minutes of possession than Mizzou did on Saturday. Um, I what I what I what I my big takeaway from Florida is this game would have been very nice for them because they have had such a shitty season. And when you can just hang your hat on a huge away win against a ranked opponent in a season, just be like, all right, we had a bad year, but we showed bright spot here. Like that would have been great for them. But they were throwing like the kitchen sink at Mizzou on offense. Like they had so many guys run the ball, throw the ball. Um, they had they had their backup quarterback Brown come in, um, and he you know had seven rushes for forty two yards. He went four for five, fifty six yards. You had a bunch of a couple of running backs on a couple of sweeps. Like 
they were just throwing a kitchen sink at Mizzou because that's kind of what you have to do in a game where you really have nothing to lose against a ranked opponent is just try everything. And that's what they did. And they made it really interesting, but credit to Mizzou credit to the quarterback. Uh, You know, he was able to get his team down the field. Cook was able to get his team down the field successfully and, and kick the field goal to keep them to keep their season fucking rolling because they're having an unreal year out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, We've said it all year, overachievement of a season, and, and they surprised everyone, and Florida's just disappointed. I mean, simple as that. So Simple as that. All right, let's talk about now um, a kind of a somber topic. Um, Florida State QB Jordan Travis uh, is done for for his entire college and collegiate career. Um, he snapped his ankle in, in a pretty gruesome play on Saturday against North Alabama. Um, so – Going forward now, I think we were talking about this after, and, you know, we shouldn't really be talking about the college football implications, but we were. Um, first things first, we hope Jordan Travis gets back healthy um, and is able to, you know, make the NFL and have a successful career. But Florida State now, man, this, that that is probably the worst thing that could have happened to them. Um, playing just a non-conference North Alabama team where it's just another win on the schedule and a get-right game before next week, which is rivalry week. Um I believe, right? Next week's rivalry week. Yes, yeah. yes. Next week's rivalry week, and then the uh, ACC championship game. So, really disappoint—not disappointing, but really tough to see. Swick, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it's just—it's just very sad. I mean, like that's all you have to say is praying for Jordan Travis. Hopefully, he can come back even stronger. He was playing, obviously, Florida State is the fourth-ranked team in the nation, so he was playing unbelievable this year, and. Just, it's just tough to see. I mean, it's kind of, you know, I don't, I don't really have high hopes for the Seminoles now. Unfortunately, as sad yeah. as it is to say, um, I still think they can win the ACC. But I just, I wonder if this is going to affect them getting into the playoffs. Um, which is kind of, you know, fucked up to think about. But it is, it is. It, it, it's fucked up for the committee to leave them out just because they think they'll lose correct. without. Them. But I'm wondering if that's going to happen because I just don't see them, you know, beating one of the top four teams or even really competing without Jordan Travis. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But just very, very disappointing way to end the season. Obviously, they still ended up, you know, beating the brakes off North Alabama. But just, just very unfortunate. Yeah, it, I think it's gonna, a lot of it's going to come down to how they play uh, Louisville. Well, actually, they got to go play UF too, and I think it's in the swamp. And if you know anything about Florida State or Florida, that's like the biggest, the biggest game yeah. ever. Like the UF Florida State game is always the craziest game of the year. Florida opens up at six and a half point favorites. I mean, that's that's it's just really unfortunate because Florida State was just having an unbelievable season. Um, finally back to making a college football playoff push, and uh, their star quarterback goes down. So prayers up to Jordan Travis. Let's hope he can get back. Uh, healthy soon and have a successful NFL career, but um, definitely unfortunate to see. Let's talk a little uh, Texas-Iowa State. This mm. game kind of went pretty much exactly like we thought, I feel like. Yeah, no, it, it did. And Brock Purdy's, you know, former school couldn't get it done. Let I'm me sure. down. Yeah, let, let, let some of us on this podcast down. Not me, but let some of us. And Texas looked good. Quinn Ewers looked really, really good. And – I think we have to talk about Texas potentially getting into the playoffs. Um, I've 
I've been I've been wanting to talk about this, but I've really like haven't had a really good reason to because you know after the loss, it's you just kind of gotta have some some cool down time before you talk about a team who just lost making the playoff. But now, I I think they're the best team in the Big Twelve. I think they're gonna win the Big Twelve, and then yeah. it's them or Oregon. Yeah, them or Florida. It's them or Oregon. I feel like right now for that yeah. for that last spot, or maybe yeah. even Ohio State again so like adding texas to this mix we didn't really talk about them last week when we were going over the college football playoff picture but now i like i think texas is legit like i think they can compete with any of these any of these top four teams just as well as an oregon or uh like possibly an ohio state or washington can easily i mean this this ohio state michigan game might be the biggest one in like the last five or 10 years. I mean, this has so many implications for other teams and not just them. Obviously winner will obviously be in and be the big 10 champion, but I like, I I think there's a real world where one of them, whoever loses doesn't get in. And I, I think right. it will happen, especially if Washington wins the PAC 12 championship. And if Texas wins the big 12 championship, like we expect them to, I don't, know that I could if if Ohio State gets whomped I don't know that I could put them in over Texas or Washington assuming they win their conference championships I don't think I could I don't think I could either but you know to us unfortunately so it's it's so weird man like it's so it's so it's going to be really interesting because I don't think anybody has a clear picture about how it's going to play out because there are about 25 different scenarios that we could all run and so many eight teams have a legit case for why they should be in the college football playoff. Bama eight. could get in too. And then Bama <laughs> I mean, could get in. I mean, fucking Alabama's going to yeah, find mean, I, a way to win. I think you're right. I think there is eight teams who are still alive and absolutely have a case to make it. And I think we'll see. I mean, Bama has to beat Georgia to get in. That's uh, are they gonna beat Georgia though? I Swick, Swick, Swick. Are they gonna is Alabama gonna beat Georgia? I think it's unlikely, but I think this Bama, I mean this Bama team is it's night and day from where they are now to when they started. I mean, yeah. when they lost to Texas, it's night and day. I mean, they look so much better. Saban has this team firing right now, and Georgia's played down to the competition this year i mean they have i know they've they've gotten hot as of late they got they got brock bowers back but i mean i think that that's the only way alabama gets in i think there's no way a two lost bama team gets in i think they'll easily be eliminated yeah but i think yeah like you said there's eight teams right now there's eight teams that could get in i think georgia and michigan are locks and i think that's just about it I would agree. I think Georgia and Michigan are the two locks. I like even if Georgia loses, it wouldn't be by more than a touchdown. And I still think you have to put them in. Uh, yeah. Michigan, I think, is by far the second best team in the country. Um, I actually believe them to be the best team in the country for a little bit before Georgia finally uh, stepped up and started playing real football again. So I, I'm excited, man. It's going to be fucking pandemonium in two weeks or three weeks when it's time for the committee to to select the playoff. Yeah, I mean, next year is 12-team playoff, right? Next year's 12, yep. Penn State can finally make a playoff next year's way. Yeah, 
yeah, James Franklin, if you're listening to this, next year's your year. You're your buddy. You buddy. You're your buddy. You'll finally be in a big game. Um, you will probably lose. You'll probably lose. But you will in in fact be playing in that game. So mm. we'll see what happens with that. And yeah, I mean, when the committee decides it's gonna be it's gonna be outrage. Every, um four teams are gonna be really, really angry, and four teams are gonna be really, really happy. So we'll see. If I had to guess right now, it would be Georgia, Michigan. Washington? I don't oh, fuck. I don't even like I can't even I can't even guess. I'm gonna what's what's today's date? Today's no, Monday, November 20th. I'm gonna write this down right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my four right now. I'm gonna yeah. go one Georgia. I'm gonna think, go two Michigan, obviously. I'm gonna go three Washington. And then four. Oh fuck no. Do I want to do Washington or Oregon? I can't decide. I'm gonna go Washington. I'm going to go Washington four. I'm going to go Washington four, or sorry, three. Washington, so Georgia, Michigan, Washington. My fourth team that will make the college football playoff. That is tricky. I, Texas, uh, Texas, 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 Texas. I think Texas is the fourth best team in the country. I think, I think you're I don't right. Think I think Florida State, I, I know Jordan Travis. I don't think Florida State is going to beat UF next week in the swamp. I think that's a really, 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 really tough game. And I don't think that they're going to probably even beat Louisville. Um, so they're out. So that's a minus one. Oregon, two-loss Oregon team, I don't think gets in. Even if it is two losses to Washington, I don't think they get in. There's no um, way. There's no way two losses. If Texas throttles whoever they play in the Big 12 championship, there's no shot they don't get in. I think that you agree. all year they have been – very solid and lost a game because of a horrendous coaching decision um, yeah. and really bad defensive play calling at the end of the game. I mean, if Texas is undefeated, they're the number three team in the country. A thousand percent. I mean, I know like, and, it, and it's a freak. It was a freak game yeah. too. No, freak a thousand ending. percent. And I, I don't like, I mean, it all, it all, it's all going to ride on this Oregon, Washington, um, Pac-12 championship, and I think the winner probably gets in, depending on the score from Ohio State, Michigan. But I, 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 I don't see. I think if Washington wins, they're in. Whatever happens in, um, Michigan, Ohio State, whatever happens there, Washington is in. I think if it's, if it's a, a blowout, say if Michigan blows out Ohio State, and Oregon wins, I think. Oregon would get in too. Michigan blows out Ohio State and Oregon wins. Oregon think, would be the fourth. Oregon would be I think so. In with well, without Oregon, Washington? Yeah, without Washington. So it'd be Georgia, Michigan, Oregon, Texas. I th- I, th- I would think so. But I, I don't think that'll happen. I think I, I mean for the sake of content it's lame, but I, I think I'd have to agree with your top four. I just don't like that's the most likely scenario. But then again, it's college football and Literally anything can happen. So anything, we could, any given Saturday, we could all be completely wrong, and we could have like fucking Ohio you know, State, Oregon, Florida State somehow beats Florida <laughs> by fifty. Uh, yeah, and then uh, Oklahoma wins yeah, the Big Oklahoma. Twelve. So I think, yeah, I don't, I don't think Bama can beat Georgia. I really don't. But I think it's also way more likely now than it was, you know, six weeks ago. So. Yeah, Georgia's yeah. four favorites versus. You Bama. know what, Swick? 
best part about it now, we get to sit back and we get to watch. Just watch and that's sit back and watch. We have a we'll have a preview episode up out on Friday. We'll record Thursday night, upload it for you guys on Friday to listen to to get all prepared for uh rivalry week, which is just one of the greatest weeks in college football and just one of the greatest weekends on the calendar. Period. I mean, I, I I'm not sure there's many things better than that. I mean, no, I mean, this this week in general, you got feast week for college basketball, you have Thanksgiving, you have Thanksgiving football. You even have Black Friday football. And then after you've done all that, you get to sit back on your couch, have a beer, and you get to watch Rivalry Week. Rivalry yeah. Week is really hard to say. But you get to watch Rivalry Week for college football. And then you get to roll into Sunday where you get a full Sunday slate. So, I mean, this week is just – just try not to lose all your money. For those listening, yeah. just try not to lose all your money this week, and you'll have a fucking hell of a time. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be awesome. And – I don't think we can lose no matter what, what, whatever, what happens. I don't think we can lose because we were there and we watched the football games. The viewers win. The viewers, viewers win. always win. And All right. You got anything else to say, Zwick? Um, Cincinnati sucks. Like Cincinnati's really bad. Sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, it's whatever, but I'm, Cincinnati and Tennessee are just so ass. So, so terrible, but so I, terrible. I'm over it. Um, Good for I, you. I, you're, you're, it's a. Uh, it's like the four, uh, the five stages of grieving. Yeah, yeah, and I, I mean, don't. Terms with it. I don't really see like like them being even like that good next year either. So I think it. I think it might just be might just be all dark. Um. So yeah, as far as football goes, dark. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You're you're not in a good spot. No, really bad. Um, it could not be more over than it is right now, to say the least. So we'll start fresh next year and. Next year, week one, we'll be back. So that's the mindset. That's the mindset yeah. you have to have, right? Yeah. That's the mindset you have to have. Yeah. So uh, all set, all good. I mean, besides your football teams, are you all good? Yeah. 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 Sports. <laughs> sports. It's sports. All right, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we will be back on Friday to preview what is going to be an incredible Saturday rivalry weekend and peace. All right, I'm here with Max for our weekly NBA segment. Today, we're going to be talking about two teams that we haven't talked a ton about on the pod. We're going to be talking about Phoenix and New Orleans. Uh, two pretty exciting teams, interesting teams, some storylines that we haven't touched on and we want to touch on. Max, where should we start? Um, all right, I think we should start with the Suns. Um, I was watching them today, you know, just kind of in prep, uh, trying to catch up with some games that I had missed over the weekend. And... I think we got to start raising an alarm about them. I know they're coming off of a win last night or whatever, two nights ago. Um, I believe it was Sunday against the Jazz, which was actually a pretty fun game to watch. Uh, very back and forth. They won, I believe, in double overtime by one. And I'm watching this game and I was like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. The Suns look really good right now. But I have the beginnings of some fears for them. Um, and I want to start there. Like, have you... How do you feel about this team? Have you spent some time with them this year? I have. Yeah, I have. And to me, I think it's hard to evaluate them uh, without Bradley Beal being a consistent piece because that was, you know, their massive trade um, and move this offseason. He's played in three games. He's played 29 minutes in those three games. And in those three games, I don't think Devin Booker uh, was playing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Has the big three played together yet? Because I have not seen it. I haven't seen it. It has not happened. It was supposed to happen against the Clippers. 
and I believe against the Clippers, and it literally did not happen because we covered that. Or no, it was the Timberwolves actually. It was supposed to happen against them because they uh, it, it never ended up happening, and the Timberwolves lost that game. Um, but I I was had mentioned last episode uh, that was kind of a scheduled loss because they literally thought Beal was playing up until tip off. So yeah, we haven't seen. That's kind of the whole thing with this team is that we don't know what we get um, until we get Beal in. I'm still very scared because I feel like they're very, they're very, they're spread very thin right now. And it really stuck out to me watching last game against Utah because there's guys on their team like Kieta Beach Diop is playing in like very, very important minutes. There's a lot of Drew Eubanks minutes that I'm not sure how much I like those. Um, Jordan Goodwin plays a lot for them. I don't love them. Um, (laughs) And then it's like, I was really wrong about Nurkic. I I thought that he was going to, be more effective but he is so limited um and he's he's little more than like a very very big body who's capable of getting a lot of rebounds but he's just very limited um so i I just want to talk to you about like their depth minus buell how are you feeling about it because i feel like they need to make a move but i don't know what they can do yeah i watched the same jazz game you did i saw the same kieta bates the out minutes that you did (laughs) did not love them um, I he don't think he's a, he's a rotation guy. <laughs> I don't think he will be in the playoff rotation for sure. I think at some point this season, maybe he could get phased out. And it's funny because he was a guy who, when they were making all their moves, people were like, oh, he's great defender, great length. He's just what the Suns need. Um, but it turns out he's really just an overall negative because he, he can't, he's not a threat at all offensively. And when it comes to Nurkic, I don't mind Nurkic. I still like Nurkic. Um, I, I guess, you know, maybe he didn't have his best performance against the Jazz, but I think he's fine. I don't think it's a perfect fit for him on the Suns. I don't think he's exactly what they need, um, but still, I, I don't think that's where they need a huge upgrade. I, I agree with you about their depth. Um, Eric Gordon is good. I like him. Beyond that, um, I mean, Grayson Allen is fine, but they they really don't have uh, a lot to go other than those guys. So I'm... I, I get why you're raising the alarm bell. I think I'm raising it for a different reason, and that is that Beal hasn't played with the other two guys, uh, or none of them have played, you know, all together. So I think that's that's a chemistry thing um, that they're going to have to fix pretty quickly once Beal gets healthy. Yeah. Well, also, I don't. It, since you're watching that Utah game, you probably heard them say that he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. So it's November twentieth right. now. Three weeks is brings you to December, right? And I mean, it's a back thing, and reevaluation after three weeks is not like, oh, he's going to be playing. That could be, you know, oh, he's still hurt, and yeah, we're getting to like John Morant level of games where we have questions about the Grizzlies, where it's like they might be so far out of it by the time Jaw gets back. Like, what are they going to do? And it's not, it's not to that level with the Suns yet because they have it. They're winning games still. They're winning enough games enough games but it's still a lot to ask where you have an aging Kevin Durant and like when he's on he's my favorite player to watch offensively but I've been watching a lot of them this year and he's not on every game you can see that age catching up with him and you gotta really lock in around Booker and kind of make your moves here and they're going all in but I don't know how much time like this can't really be a wasted season you know what I'm saying right and I think the idea with them was always you know, you can you can raise whatever questions you want about the depth, but when you have Beal, Booker, and KD, 
a lot of those concerns should be alleviated and they haven't had that. So I think that's the concern that I'm raising. I I'm not so concerned about them having to make a move and fill out their depth. It's just what the concern always was for this team, which was you have two aging stars um, in KD and Beal and how often are they going to get to play together? How often can everyone be on the floor and healthy? I think that's the biggest concern there. And it's hard to evaluate them in terms of, contenders until we see that so i don't think they have to make a move i think they just need to get healthy and i mean there's nothing you can do you just gotta hope right there's there's not a whole lot to be done yeah i i also think it's funny because it's showing like right now we're at a changing point and in the nba with how with how teams are constructed constructed right like we've talked about this a ton on the pod um you're gonna see a change from the uh late 2010s early i guess you know, 2010s until probably around 2020 where you got, you were trying to get a big three or a big four together and make your run as many stars as you could. Yeah. Yeah. And then like LeBron, that, that, that Miami LeBron team, right. There's like Norris Cole is on that team and is playing minutes. Like they, they built themselves up. They had a very big four or three, and then you kind of filled in with a bunch of, you know, lesser talent. But now we're seeing a switch where, due to how the contracts are structured and everything, you're looking to pay one or two guys and then fill it in with the highest level role players you can get. And I guess my question is, is I thought that the Suns picked up, you know, on paper, solid role players, but I don't, I, I just don't know if that's necessarily the case. So I'm wondering, it, we're kind of seeing a team here that's stuck in the past a little bit. And it's funny because they've made that team on the fly, but I think Matt Ishbia, the owner, I think he was looking at an older brand of basketball and he might have fucked up. I know it's way too early to be saying that. I do think it is worth mentioning, though, that we're seeing it's a big two league now or it's, you know, a superstar and maybe a kind of a backseat guy, but, you know, still an elite player. Right. So we could have seen Matt Ishbia take a swing here and do it at kind of the worst possible time. So I just want to I don't I don't know how you feel about that thought process. Yeah, I'm not quite there with you because I do still really like the moves they made this offseason. I thought it was time for Chris Paul to go. I love Yuta Watanabe as a shooter. Um, yeah, I, I think, think he's, he's been injured. Right, he has been injured. Um, Damian Lee was a fine, solid pickup. Um, you know, Matu and Keita Bates, the up. not great, but at least they're guys who you can throw in and as bodies and, and defend and, and eat up minutes. Um, and then, you know, I like Beal when he's healthy. I just do. I think he's a really good player. And it's just I'm concerned that what happened last year is going to happen again, which is they traded for Kevin Durant. He got hurt during the regular season. They couldn't play together. And then the chemistry was just way off during the playoffs. So I'm concerned that that's going to happen again. Um, but if Bill can get healthy, then the sky's the limit for this team. I mean, even with everything you're saying, you know, um, that – this big three era maybe coming to an end. Like if they're all healthy, there's really not a whole lot of other teams that you would look at and say, okay, they, they really can't beat them. Yeah. I mean, I guess if we wanted to do that as an exercise, I think like Minnesota, I've, I would take Minnesota right now. I just think Jaden McDaniels defensively is such a lot. Like you have Ant and Jaden McDaniels who are two elite defenders, right? And I'm comfortable Gobert. And Gobert, obviously, but I'm saying if you're looking at the two focal points, like you're probably looking to stop, you're looking to stop Beal, you're looking to stop KD, and you're, and you're looking to stop um, Booker, right? 
And I feel pretty comfortable with um, the guards being Mike Conley and Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards. I feel pretty comfortable that Minnesota could cover those, cover the big three of the Suns efficiently, right? And then if you're trying to look offensively with Nurkic, like Gobert is going to lock Nurkic down. Um, so I feel like Minnesota matches up well with them. OKC, I, I don't think, I think I would take the Suns in an OKC, you know, series, right? So, and then Denver right now, it, it, with Jamal Murray, I'm liking Denver, but without Jamal Murray, I mean, all the Suns have to do is just score way more than Denver does. And I think that's possible. So, yeah. uh, like, for me, I think in that exercise, I would say in a seven game series, I would pick Denver over them. Everyone else in the West, I wouldn't outright pick anyone, even yeah. with how well Minnesota's playing. Like the Suns, with those three guys fully healthy, can beat Minnesota, um, can beat Sacramento, can beat Dallas, can beat the Lakers. So I don't know. They're right now they are twentieth in opponent points per game. They they let up one sixteen per game. They've let up one twenty seven per game over their last three, which is awful. So they need to get better on defense. Maybe that's the move they make. Maybe they go get a defensive big. Um, take some of those Eubanks minutes. Maybe they go get someone who can guard on the perimeter. I don't know. But with that said, they're eighth in points per game with 117 per game and 135 in their last three. So they score the shit out of the ball, which we knew they would, and that's without Beal. So I, I'm not insanely concerned about this other than the injury uh, factors. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that's a good place to end it, where it's it's just worth monitoring, like, this is a weird situation already because probably Definitely. at the start of the summer or right when, you know, Beal gets moved, which feels like it was years ago, but probably right when Beal gets moved, they're the favorites in the league at that time. I think I came on here and said that they were one of my favorites um, to win it all. So it's just interesting to look at this and maybe think that, investing in an aging uh guard who has a history a poor injury history um investing in him in the way that they did kind of selling and their pairing soul. him like yeah. pairing him with a 35 year old star with Durant you know yeah with uh with even worse injury history um maybe it's just worth like thinking about because you would expect that like if you wanted it to go really well it would be going better than what it is but it's also been Beal's just not playing so yeah, that that was our Suns talk. Let's talk now about the Pelicans. Um, I think this one's going to be a little bit more interesting, just because this team is fascinating right now. Uh, where do you want to start? Well, there's been some interesting Zion stuff, right? You want to start <laughs> he there? Came, he came out at a press conference and said, basically, he was trying to buy in to whatever the team wants to do, and the team was playing great. Zion was playing great. And then he's just resting, right? He's just missing yeah. games now. Um, so I I want to like pose this question to you, just, just as like a another thought exercise, if you will. So I'm watching them play. It was the Pelicans, and they were playing Minnesota, who has Minnesota has become our favorite team. I think you and me, um, right now. And they play. They played on Saturday, and I was watching the game. And there's no McCollum, and there's no Zion. And they had this lineup. It was like Jonas Valanciunas, Dyson Daniels, um, Jordan Hawkins, Herb Jones, and you know one other person, Zeke Nanaji, or no, sorry, uh, Naji Marshall. And yes. that lineup was so fast, 
the ball was just moot. Like the, that basically in that lineup, Dyson Daniels is kind of taking up the ball and just facilitating. And they're looking for Jordan Hawkins to hit threes, which he was. And the, the pacing and the speed and how fluidly the ball moved around the, the amount of like in deflections and just the amount of times they're coming into contact with the basketball on the defensive end of the floor was amazing. They looked like one of the best teams and they're playing Minnesota. Who's the second best team in the league right now. And Minnesota was playing everybody. Like this was their death lineup with Ant and Nas Reed and Gobert was in for part of it. And I, th- I kind of thought to myself, I was like, it's, it feels like, um, the Pelicans kind of have an embarrassment of riches right now and they have no direction. And I know Zion's like such a great talent or whatever, but it almost feels like it's time for them to maybe move on from him and that they kind of have the bones of something that could be more well-built instead of kind of focusing on this one guy who could be amazing. And I think he, I hope he's amazing. I really want him to be, but it just seems like there's something off with Zion in new Orleans. And I don't know if he can concede can succeed there. So how, how do you feel about that? Well, I don't know if it's Zion in New Orleans or if it's just Zion. I mean, maybe maybe the rest is good for him. Like, I don't know. I don't like when players rest, but maybe he's the type of player who can't have too much wear and tear on his body. Some nights he just can't play, even though you want him to, and he's young, and he hasn't played a bunch over his career, so you want to see him more. Um, I don't know. Like, what? it just depends what they're trying to do, right? Because if they're trying to win a championship this year, then – who do you get for Zion? Like, what is that move? Because I think Zion, this this roster currently constructed at its peak, could be a contender. And they were at the top of the standings last year in, in the beginning of the year when Zion was healthy. So I think you keep Zion. I love him as a player. Um, I just want to see him on the floor more. You are very right about an embarrassment of riches. I'm looking at their roster right now. I'm going one, two, three, four, five, six. 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 guys who could play in a playoff yeah. game. And I would not be surprised. <laughs> like, so, they have a ton of guys. I know. And what I'm kind of thinking to myself, it's like, it's almost like the peak of what you could have with Zion right now is what you said, a potential contender. But it almost feels like if you get rid of him and kind of build around what this team is like, kind of showing you they could be it feels like you'll get more a uh, more legit contender for longer periods of time right it's almost like you're sifting and looking for gold and the gold starting to show itself a little bit and it's like you have these guys that are all kind of on the same um trajectory right in their in their career with you clearly have something with Dyson Daniels you clearly have something with Jordan Hawkins and you clearly have something with Herb Jones and Trey Murphy right and it's like you add in the the vets that you need like with Larry Nance and Jonas Valanciunas and to kind of bolster that and then if you see what you can get and also Jose Alvarado is good like great piece whatever McCollum is I I like McCollum a lot and I think um his experience is really good and then if you move Zion there you can kind of make a perfectly balanced team with it feels a little OKC-ish where they have a bunch of young guys but the one guy that we're always talking about OKC needing is that um, older bruiser, and that's a perfect Jonas Valanciunas role right there. Plus, you have McCollum, who has a bunch of playoff history. If you can move Zion for something, or Brandon Ingram for something, I just feel, I don't know, I, I think it's worth thinking about. I think this Zion package would be ridiculous. Like, I think so, too, especially oh. if you did it now. <laughs> He's 23 years old, yeah. 
in his yeah i totally agree um the thing is like they have good young guys yeah i I like I love Hawkins. I like Dyson Daniels. I don't love him. I'll be honest. I I watched that last game that we were talking about. He had some bad turnovers, um, some stupid fouls too. I love Herb Jones. I even like Kira Lewis Jr. I like Najee like Marshall. Him, like I love all these guys. I don't think any of them are stars. Maybe Hawkins makes one or two All Star games just because he's a flamethrower. But other than that, I don't see these guys being stars. Zion Williamson is a legitimate superstar when he's on the court. So. And Brandon Ingram's a all star. So, if but, if you want to like, what what is what direction are you going? Because if you trade one of these two guys, you're getting a, a ton of picks and some vets. I mean, what does that do for you? I don't know. Like then you're then who are you building around? Well, what if you're not? What if you're trading for the next guy <clears throat> who's unhappy, and you can get sort of a <clears throat> like a one for one Zion trade that's available, right? And you bring in another guy, and then it seems like that would fit the more modern build with the idea of two superstars or two, you know, focal points and then building in with a bunch of really good, either young players on cheap contracts or role players or both. And that's what they have the embarrassment of riches of. They have a bunch of legit elite level role players. And then you can get, it just depends on what you could get for Zion, for Zion or Brandon Ingram, whatever, because correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like this Brandon Ingram and Zion thing is weird right now. It doesn't seem. I just like... think it's a Zion thing. I just think he needs to get on the court. When he's on the court, they are awesome. Brandon Ingram, like he doesn't. It doesn't fit maybe perfectly, but I think it's pretty darn good. And if you trade Zion, like yeah, obviously you'd love to get the next unhappy superstar. But how do you know when that is, and how do you know how that's going to look? So I just I don't know. I love Zion. I wouldn't trade him. Just. You just got to get them to play, and I think they're going to be they're they're going to have a good season this year. Yeah, I don't know. I I it already feels weird with him, and I feel like the Zion in New Orleans time is coming to an end here. And I also feel like there's something going on with Brandon Ingram because he also he just it seems like he wants this to be his team and not the Zion team. But that Team USA performance from Brandon Ingram was kind of embarrassing. And I know he's been playing a little bit better, but he's only shooting 23% from the three-point line this year. And he's he takes a lot of shots. Like him and CJ, I think, sometimes tend to slow down this offense. But when you have the they have the bench unit or the younger guys in, it feels like the ball is moving around a lot much more and they're getting better shots. And I mean <clears throat> like granted there is not a ton of data to to see like what their top lineup actually looks like so i i looked at it and the top lineup for the pelicans is zion uh jonas valanciunas mccollum brandon ingram and herb jones so this is a lineup that has played the most minutes together and they've only played 41 minutes together and for reference the top lineup in the league is one of the rockets starting lineups and they've played 177 minutes together and then, like, the top five is all within 170 minutes. So, compared to the Pelicans, their top lineup has only played 41 minutes together. It's pretty evident they, that they've just got, like, a weird either injury or rest bug going on. But, I don't know. They got to they gotta make moves here because teams are, like, right now they're in, no, they're in the middle of the pack, which is no man's land, if you don't figure something out with Zion. I feel like that's what's either, like, that's what the whole thing is. You got to figure out the Zion situation, and then you either get where you're going to go or you're just going to fall back, you know? Yeah. I think it's a little early to, you know, shop him right now. Um, I think there's 
always going to be value for him because of how good he is. So I would not press the panic button yet. I want to see a couple more weeks at least. Um, I mean, they're six and seven right now. We've only played 13 games. Not sure how many games Zion has played, but I mean, they've looked great when he, when I've seen them when he's out there. Yeah, they, they have. And that's, that's just it. And like, he's only been in the league. It's hard to believe he's only been in the league since 2020. So it's only, this is third, fourth or his fourth year, I believe. So it's, he's still really young. He's only 23. Um, it just feels like I, he's such a confusing player. Cause when the little pieces that you see, the little glimpses of like perfection from him, he looks like he can be the best player in the league. And that is always what kind of reels you in, but you just see it very rarely. I feel like, and I eventually, no matter how great you are, unless you're LeBron, which maybe Zion has those genetics, but your athleticism starts to fade and then you rely on your smarts and you know, your brain and Zion's a very smart player, but I don't know what kind of prospect you're getting <laughs> with the Zion Williamson. That's kind of, he's certainly, he's certainly not like a, a player that you would think will age gracefully. Yes. Um, but for now he's 23 years old. The issue is his rookie year, he played 24 games. Second year, 61 games. Not bad. Third year, didn't play the whole game, the whole season injured his foot. Uh, last year played 29 games. And this year he has played 10 out of the first 13. So injury just seems to always be looming with him. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what they do with them. They are really fun to watch, though, I'll tell you that. They are. They are a ton of fun. Um, And, yeah, that's what that's what kind of made me think about them, was just watching them being like, man, this team is so fun, and I wish that they were playing in games that mattered because, granted, none of the games really matter right now, but I just feel like they – I don't know. I feel like they'd, they'd be a ton of fun and not someone you'd want to see in the playoffs. So who yeah. knows? Like maybe in the playoffs, 82, 80 whatever games from now – um, it you know Minnesota and New Orleans are just tearing it up and killing teams. I don't know, but I thought it was worth a discussion. Do you have any other thoughts about uh, the Pelicans? No, I think we're good. Well, hang on. Do you like Najee Marshall? Yeah, I do. What about him? Do you like? Because I a little the limited. announcers the they announcers are, they are love glazing him. him. They're glazing <laughs> him. He he's so Jay Kyle Mann said has like this phrase that he talks about. It's like the your dad's favorite player, and it's like yeah. The guy that your dad, like your hometown dad, would weirdly know. So, for <laughs> for example, my dad really likes Cornette, but he loves um, Lamar Stevens on the Celtics, and he loves Brissett, O'Shea Brissett. Um, just, I feel like if you're not a Celtics fan, you don't know who two of the three of those guys are. And then I think uh, Najee Marshall is one of those guys. He's the dad's favorite player. So, if you're from New Orleans, you're probably getting texts from your dad saying that just. He's he. I looked him up today. He's out of Xavier. He's twenty five years old. He's never really like. He's just been kind of sticking in the NBA. And I don't. I I think what I like most about him is he's very um jumpy. Like he's he comes in with a lot of energy. All all energy. Yeah. Um. He's limited. Yeah. He's limited offensively. Yeah, definitely. I just wanted to get that straight because it sounded like you really liked him. No, um, he's yeah, not like he's, uh... he's twenty five. He's not like any. He's not going to be like any. <laughs> Um, I think maybe there could be a little bit of a metamorphosis or whatever. And you, I think we've been seeing that a lot more. There's a lot more really good role players that come out, come on later in their career. I don't yeah. know. He's going to be one of them though. I did notice no, that he's, he's he, a great hustle guy. 
He had a million deflections in that game, though. I noticed. Yeah, and that's that's why he's your dad's favorite player. I mean, that's that's exactly what it is. He's a great yeah. defender, high energy, good leader, always a good attitude, tries his hardest. Um, can we talk stuff. a little Jordan Hawkins? Absolutely. I know you've been crunching tape. I I was crunching tape. I know Letty has been too. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with him. Absolutely obsessed with him. I wanted the Celtics to get this kid so freaking bad. Um, he went, I think, seven picks before their pick, and then we ended trading back like eight times. But I think that helped he, us get Drew, so I'm not worried now. True. UConn guy. Loved him at UConn. Thought he would translate perfectly into the NBA. This is one of the guys in the draft that I was su- super high on and totally right about. Um, flamethrower. Awesome, like shooting form like release. he gets a shot off so quick. yeah like his release, release is ridiculous so um he can go off at any time and he's also unselfish and a good defender and a good passer like he just plays the right way but um yeah he's a he's a flamethrower i i don't know if anyone's like coined this or talked about this but i like i noticed it today he's a a white t-shirt under the jersey level shooter <laughs> yeah yeah he like brings that into the nba like you know how every best shooter on the other team is a shorter guard with a white t-shirt under their jersey and he wears one in the NBA too. Um he hit that corner 3, he got a pass in transition mid jump and kind of did it. I forget who was guarding him but he shot it and it was it was just such a quick release in the defender's mouth and he hit it. Um and I was from there I was just kind of locked in like he his there's just no quicker release on that team than him and he he doesn't look scared which I like. Nope, not at all. Fits right in. Um, did Keontae George stick out a little bit when we watched the Sun when you watched the Jazz Suns game? Yeah, he's I think he's a better decision maker than I would have thought. Yeah. He seems like very under control. Um like I always thought of him as like super talented, great scorer, great shooter, all that stuff, but um he's he's like a real NBA point guard um 13 games into his career so i'm very impressed with them they must like him because they're starting him over sexton and i'm a huge sex yeah. and i don't i thought that was funny because they like in that game um he was county george was starting as point guard and sexton came off the bench there so um yeah i i, I think th- this is a great rookie class so far like unbelievable rookie class yeah and i i said good. when we were doing our draft stuff that i was all in on like the top five picks I might be all in on like the, the first, whole round. first round. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like these there's guys no are misses. awesome. Yeah. There's no real misses. It's like, um, yeah. And then like, uh, Ben Shepard for the, for the Pacers has been shooting the like daylights out of it. And he's out, he was out of Belmont and like a late 20th pick. Just yeah, awesome. Like everybody, uh, Anthony black has been looking amazing for the magic. I don't know if you've seen any of him. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, even like people are trying to give them shit for that pick, I think. And it, it just whoever you picked in this draft, you, you, yeah, you hit. hit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I know it's weird that the Celtics haven't been playing their pick because I feel like he could work too. I was going to say that we haven't seen him at all, but I mean, our team is so, so deep. Like I'm not super concerned because we're, we have like two losses, but I would like to see him on the court at some point. I thought I know, he was I, really good in preseason. I was hoping he played tonight, but they called up Davidson um, and someone else who, and it wasn't him. So I guess he's not mm. going to play tonight against Charlotte. Uh, and then other thing is how, have you noticed how big Paolo looks? 
Bro, you know Powell's my guy. Come on. I I was <laughs> I've never had a um prospect I was more wrong about than Paolo. I was so wrong. I just yeah, was, he's I didn't see him taking the step that he is taking. He has everything, and he's six foot ten. So he he plays huge. like a yeah, yeah he plays like a guard. He's jacked. He's six ten. So he can fast. shoot. He can drive. He, he's athletic. I mean, he has literally everything you want in an NBA player. So he's gonna be a star. He he might already be a star. I don't know how you want to classify him. But, yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. And the Magic overall are just a really fun watch. Um, well, yeah, I like have, Franz. Yeah, they got two of them with Franz. Franz yeah. and Paolo. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I I love this Magic team. I think it's going to be interesting to see um, what they do here because it's Suggs. I'm loving Suggs. Like, I know. See, Suggs is a tough one for me because every time I watch Suggs, that's a your dad's favorite player guy. Like, yeah. he – he plays balls to the wall every single second that he's in. Um, but man, he just can't shoot. He can't yeah. shoot for his life, man. And Ekinzaga, I watched him and I was like, oh, this guy's going to be awesome. He'll translate um, really easily to the NBA. And I don't know what it is, but. Well, that was an outlier shooting. Not the same offensive player. <laughs> yeah. That was an outlier shooting year for him, though. Right, his last year at Gonzaga. Yeah, so he had been not a great offensive player, and then the one year everyone figured out who he was was the year he had a good offensive year. But, um, yeah, I think I think it's because I, I grew up watching with, like, my dad. I feel like I, I, f- I found myself, I like the dad's favorite players more. I think that's more of my style. Oh, I like him. Don't get me wrong. I really like him, but I'm just – I'm not so sure how good he can be if he'll ever be able to be, like, your closing point guard um, on a – contender or a championship team the magic also have a million guards which we've talked about which probably doesn't help him um but like he makes the most of his minutes more than anyone else in the league probably yeah well i don't think you need him to be that though like i don't think you need him i mean obviously every team would be better with that but i i don't think like i think so if you look at it this way right like how many times in the final seconds of the game if you're looking at a pie chart of like the Celtics, right? Because I think the Magic are essentially trying to copy what the Celtics have, um, and I like using them as sort of like a one to one ratio of you know compare comparatively. If you're looking at a game right at the last ten seconds of a game, you want Tatum taking that shot, probably what ninety eight percent of the time, and then you want Brown taking it two percent, and then <laughs> yeah. no one else, right? So if you're the Magic, you don't really need Jalen Suggs to be taking that shot. It'd be helpful if he hits it, but he realistically if he is able to get his shots up and he starts looking for shots he's just taking shots away from franz and paolo right nice i don't think one. it's it's more about when the defense doubles someone and yeah, sucks is the wide open guy yeah, and he can't hit it. he he can't hit it like you would like that to be uh you'd like your Automatic. your starting point guard to be a knockdown shooter i think oh yeah but i think what they've done what i've what they've done drafting wise is they like they got jet howard who his whole thing is just sit there and shoot. And then they got Caleb Houston out of Michigan um, two drafts ago, who that's his other thing is he, he's just kind of there to shoot Gary Harris. Same thing. It's like, these guys are they're They're kind of filling Joe Ingles. Like they're filling them with shooters around them. Um, I think. Having, yeah. I still, I don't know. I, I prefer Fultz. I think over. Yeah. I think Suggs I prefer still Fultz right now too. Yeah. I really like the size and how he can see over the defense um, and play. Actually, makes. I like Suggs is the, the most. Yeah. Um, and how's Chad Howard doing? I mean, he's not like, not, not that's, crazy. that was the pick that everybody scoffed at. And yeah. Cause he, they picked him very, very high. He was projected as like a second, 
second rounder and he got he got picked 11 yeah he was like 12th oh yeah 11th or 12th yeah so that that know. was pretty crazy um yeah he hasn't i i'm trying to find it i don't know how much he's done he's just not really playing huh yeah i'm looking at it now he's got he's averaging 0.4 points per game so <laughs> yeah he's just he's averaging like literally five minutes a game but um the other the other thing is i think i'm i'm all set with cole anthony i think you're all set yeah of I'm all, all the guards they have. I'm also with I, him. You can I, send I him home that. out of. <laughs> he doesn't. He's Marcus Smart. On well, yeah, yeah. But again, like that's not the worst thing to be. But when you have all of the I, options, well, you know I my need him. You know how I felt about Smart. So, you know he he drove me the craziest out of any Celtic. I think. Yeah, Cole Anthony has that same thing Smart does, where he thinks he should take the shot. Yeah, um, and it drives he, me nuts. He definitely shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, he, but sometimes he makes it, and he's like, "Oh, see, I can make it." And that's almost worse. <laughs> that's almost way. Yeah, worse. it's way worse. It's yeah, way worse. Yeah, they're gonna be fun to watch. They, I mean, they are fun to watch. It's gonna be fun to see how these guys kind of grow around each other. I, they have to still take their lumps in the playoffs, um, you know, and kind of forcefully age right and get used to what they're gonna be seeing. But once they do, I think this team is like this is one of those teams that. Once the Celtics, I think, kind of leave as the top, I think you're going to Orlando. Yeah, and this year, like, if they make the playoffs, they're they're overjoyed with that. I mean, just yeah. to have that experience, no matter if they get smacked or not, like, they would love that. And they play hard, and, you know, Paolo and Franz are good enough that I don't really think that they would get smacked. I think they would give someone a, a series. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, especially if you're getting, like, like, is it a series if they play the Bucks? You think I think you're, they're getting a series there. I think they steal a game. I think they get two. <laughs> yeah, you hate the Bucks. <laughs> no, I don't like... hate the Bucks. I I I just think defensively the Bucks are awful, and I think the Magic are the Bucks big. have not figured it out yet. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They have right. a lot to do. Yes, they do. All right, let's let's leave the people wanting more. Um, we're gonna be back later in the week talking more NBA, but yeah, that it's been a busy week. Happy Thanksgiving if we don't put out an episode uh before that, but I I think we might. Um, But yeah, if not, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And yeah, thank you all for listening and peace.